Jesus, I thank you for for who you are. I thank you for um, just the the fact that we get to be with one another, even if it's just on Zoom. God, I pray for this morning. I pray that you would speak through me. Uh, God, that you would uh, speak to the hearts that are here, Father, um, and those that might listen later on. Uh, God, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for the fact that you know us um, and that you have a desire to, for us to know you. God, we just ask um, that your hand would be with us, this, that, you're, that you would be with us this morning. Um, and we give, you, we give you today. And here we pray. Amen. Uh, so we have been um, in Galatians for the past couple of weeks. I think we're in our fifth week of the Galatians series. And we um, have been talking through different themes that we find in the books of Galatians. But I think one of the strongest ones that I've picked up on is this idea of uh, being able to sit at the table that, that uh, we can sit at this table um no matter where we come from, no matter what our story is, um, anything, like there's nothing that stops us from being able to sit at this table. The thing that binds us all together is our faith and our salvation in Jesus. Um, but yet there is sometimes a, a struggle there, right? To, to feel like we have a place at the table. So today we're going to look at Galatians 4 verses 1 through 20, but we're not going to look at all of the verses because one, that's a lot of verses. Two, there's a lot that happens in Galatians 4 verses 1 through 20. Um, So I am going to actually dive a little bit deeper into Galatians 4 1 through 6 in our Wednesday video this week and kind of unpack the inheritance law that Paul refers to. unpack the word the use of the word slave and um enslave the word enslaved and slave slavery um because i know that can be sometimes a trigger word for a lot of us um and just kind of explain paul's use of those words and then um after i'm going to focus today on galatians 4 um 8 through 9 but the verses that come after it those are that is paul's plea to the Galatians. And so I encourage you at some point this week, go and read the entire section. Go read Galatians 4, 1 through 20. And if you have any questions, please feel free to message me or email me or text me. Um, I'd love to have a conversation with you. So today, uh, like I said, the verses we're going to be focusing on are Galatians 4, verses 8 through 9. Uh, And so they say, formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn your back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose whose slave you were, you want to be once more? 
So before like we jump into all that's in just those two verses, have you guys ever had someone in your life that you care deeply for and something that you're watching them and you're watching as their life unpacks or maybe they're some choices that they're making and these choices you know could be hurtful to them even if what it looks like to them is a good idea. Does that make sense? Like you've had, you can see it. You can see that the path they're, they're walking down isn't going to be good for them, right? It's gonna hurt them in the long run. And you might have conversations with them. And when you have those conversations, there's almost this like passion and plea of like, please don't, like, don't go back. Like, don't go back to what you were doing before that. You've made a life change. Like, you've been walking forward. You're doing the things that, like, God has called you to do or or whatever that might be, and you're so excited for them, but then you see them starting to backpedal, and there's this passion that builds up inside of you because the last thing you want is for them to backpedal. And it's with that passion that Paul is addressing the Galatians in this section, right? It's He's not just like aimlessly saying like, hey, don't go back, but he's he's like passionately saying like, formerly when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God's. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how? How can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to become once more? Paul is asking the Galatians, why? Why do you want to go back? Why do you want to go back to something that once kept you down, pushed you down, right? Because when you're enslaved to something, when you're in bondage, you're, you're pushed down, right? And so that's what Paul is asking. He's addressing this fear he has for them. He has this, this fear that they're going to forget the truth. They're going to forget the fact that they are free in Christ, that God came and that Christ came and God said, Hey, you're free through my son. He's paid the price. Like, you don't need to earn your spot at the table. You have it. You don't need to do things to earn your spot. And so Paul, he's pleading with them. And so for, uh, for, for most of us that might not know, before the Galatians came to know God, they lived a, a pagan lifestyle. So they worshipped other gods. They really didn't know who God was. So for them learning about God and believing in God was a in complete 180, like most of us, a complete 180 from their formal life. And so Paul is actually saying to believe the rivals, to believe the message that they had to do and meet certain standards that were common in Jewish culture was them actually returning to that life of paganism. Now he's not saying that, um, now he's not saying that um, sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now he's now he's not saying that. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> You're doing great, babe. You're doing great. Just hang in there. We're with you. Um. He's not he's not necessarily saying what the we've talked about this, right? That the rival's message wasn't necessarily bad. It's that it wasn't, but it wasn't the truth. It wasn't, it wasn't what God wanted for them or had for them. And so it was equivalent to the pagan lifestyle that they had been walking down 
before. It was equivalent to the the bondage that he had been in in the lifestyle before. And so he's pleading with them. He's saying, you know God. Not, not just do you know God, but you're known by God. And that can be kind of intimidating. At least it is to me. Sometimes the, the idea that I get to know God is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. But then to like flip it around and know that I am known by God, that gets a little bit intimidating. because it, Or a little bit like, whoa, like there are some deep, dark parts of me or there are some not so great thoughts um, that go through my head. And I don't know if I want to know that God knows that. And so to be like known so deeply, um, by our creator can, can be intimidating, but it also on the flip side can be so beautiful. The fact that God doesn't want our relationship to be with him to be one-sided and he actually desires to have a relationship with every single one of us is just beautiful. Like not just adults, kids, if you're in the room, like God desires a relationship with you too. You don't have to wait until you're in your 20s or until you're in your 30s or 40s. Like you can be six years old right now and have the deepest, most beautiful relationship with God because he desires that. He desires that connection with every single one of us. And so he desired that. And, and Paul is trying to re- remind the Galatians like, hey, God knows you and you know him. So why go backwards? Why go back to the elementary principles? And so that's like the things of this world that, that you were slave to once again. But this, um, this desire to go backwards is not something that's unknown in the Bible, right? If you've read different parts of the Bible, you know this is a struggle that we see throughout the Bible and we even see it in ourselves. This desire to go back, even though we have freedom and we have all this stuff, there's, a, there's almost this like um, feeling that we don't deserve it maybe or unworthiness or that we have to earn it or even there's a more comfortable feeling of being in that state instead of walking in the truth. And so we see that throughout the Bible and we're seeing it here in Galatians. And Paul is pleading with them, asking them to not go back. And he's reminding them that um, he's reminding them of the truth. He's reminding us of the truth. Um, And so you might like, might ask yourself, well, what is the truth, Kat? Well, I'm so glad you asked because I'm going to tell you. If you look up at verse 7, um, it says, in verse 7, it says, So you are no longer a slave, but a son or a daughter. If a son or a daughter, then an heir through God. So that's the truth. The truth is not only are you known by God and not only are are uh, does God want you to know him, but you are an heir. Like you are you are an heir to everything that God has. You are a, a child of God. You are no longer bound by your past. You're no longer bound by where you come from. You're not bound by the world or the um the life you lived before knowing God. Paul is reminding the Galatians, that's not who you are anymore. And you don't have to earn a spot at the table. In fact, the table is open for you and you have a spot there. And so I think for the Galatians and I and, and for us too, we forget 
we forget that we are free sometimes and we doubt our spot at the table. We doubt that we belong at the table together. We, we even doubt that even if we're sitting at the table and we're like, okay, I belong here, but we doubt that we even are useful or that our skills or our calling or what God has given us to, to do is worth anything. And so when we start to doubt, we start to forget the truth that we are heirs, that we are children of God, that we are free. And when we start to forget the truth, we start to go back. We go back to the life that we lived prior to knowing Christ. And that's what the Galatians are experiencing. They've got the rivals coming in and saying, hey, this is what you have to do. And you have to do this, this, and this to truly be free, to be truly an heir, to be truly a child of God. These are the markers that you have to met hit and they start to be like oh oh okay so maybe that's true okay so I need to do this and this and this and Paul's like whoa like that's not at all the message that's not at all the truth like all you need is to like have faith have salvation in Christ and you're worthy to sit at the table and that's the same for us sometimes when we feel we doubt the truth and we doubt the fact of whose we are and who we are, we start to pull away, right? We might like stop coming on a Sunday morning because we don't feel like what we're doing in our life right now makes us worthy of sitting at the table. We feel like we have to hit certain markers in order to serve in leadership or in order to serve um, on a Sunday morning or in order to even like be able to share who Christ is with our friends and family. Like, oh, I'm not checking off that box, so that counts me out. Oh, I'm not checking off that box, so that counts me out. And I, eventually you stop, start like realizing like, oh, I'm not checking any of the boxes, so I don't even belong. And that could not be further from the truth because the truth is you are all free. You are all loved. You are all known by God. He desires to know you, so there are no boxes to check off. There's no markers that you have to hit to pull out a chair at the table. We each belong at the table. We each have freedom in Christ. We don't have to earn that. I, I was, I've been thinking about going back to in-person service and um and just what that looks like because there's so many moving parts and so many different things and um and I keep this reminded me this sermon reminded me today as I was prepping for it that like I don't have to do checklists and I don't have to do certain things to feel to like earn my spot at the table and even prepping for this morning like I have been like super nervous I've been doubting I've been in my head all morning and like trying to get out of it and I was reminded like within minutes before coming is like I I am doubting my ability to share God's word with you all I was doubting my spot at the table this morning because I was like my house is insane Thank you for Naomi, who's here taking care of my two and a half year old. But like I'm moving through all these different things and I'm like, 
I part of me wants to be like, Matt, you know what? You can preach it all until we're like back in a building and mayhem doesn't rain and it's not crazy because this is insanity and it's distracting and like no one wants to be a part of that and it's overwhelming. And so I immediately start making off checks, right? Saying, I don't meet that, I don't meet that, I don't meet that. So therefore, whatever God has to share with the people that come this morning, I can't do it. I don't have the ability to do it. So as we go into this week, as we get ready, um, as we continue to walk through Lent, I encourage you to take some time to figure out what are the, like, Are you believing the truth that you are free and that you are a child of God? Or are you you discounting yourself and taking yourself away from the table because you doubt your worth at the table? You are are proverbially um, have a list and you're like, I don't meet these standards. I don't meet these requirements. I don't have a spot. And if that's where you're at, I, I pray and I want you to, I want you to get before God and, and ask him to show you the truth. Because reality is, like, I can say it upwards and down, like, we could say it all different ways, right? That you are free, you are a child of God, but until you own that and you take that on for yourself, it's going to go in one ear and out the other. So you have to believe that you have a spot at the table. You have to believe that you are free. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the fact that we are free. I thank you for the fact that we have a spot at the table. No matter what, I thank you that we don't have to meet certain requirements outside of no outside of believing that you are our Lord and Savior, outside of having faith in you. But besides that, there is no other standard that we have to meet in order to be used by you, God. I pray that we would be reminded of the truth in moments of doubt that we are a child of yours, that we are free. God, we love you. We thank you. We lift you up. In your name I pray. Amen.